And Yo, we're live and we're live and we're live. Welcome oh God, to the to the Diran Diran Cartel Show. Okay, guys, welcome to episode thirty nine. And today I've got Chris Tibbets with me. What's going on, Chris? No, uh, uh, really good to be here. Thanks very much, Darren. Good to uh, talk to you, buddy. Not a problem. Okay, so I'm quickly going to talk to everyone about you, right? Mm-hmm. And Chris is here. Number one, Paul Moore was like, he sent me a message. He was like, dude, you need to hear this guy's story. Chris has lost over 100 kilos, right? And I know you've, uh, Paul Moore was telling me how you've took the knee up 24-7 thing and uh, to your journey and it helped you out. And I really wanted to hear, number one, how that's helped you out. And number two, yeah. I want to know what the fuck it's like to lose 100 kilos because that is a, that's a, Mate, that's a that's a life changing transformation, yeah. you know. And I think you can actually help inspire a lot of people with that, especially people listening to this. I know there's a lot of people that are always like holding back with um, trying to make a change. And I feel like you could be that line where you could like get them to cross over, if that makes sense. So how you doing? Uh, really good, really good. Uh, busy like you. Um, it's uh, I. Uh, Sort of getting into the throes of becoming a coach um, and nice. uh, changing my transition from being Mr. Corporate World into uh, being a transformation coach. So yeah, it's uh, it's just busy, busy that, learning, that, learning good. new things. Good, that's that's a good thing. It's always good to be. It's always good to be learning. What I'm going to ask you is what I ask everyone. All right, and this gives me an indication of what you like, big man. All right, yeah. what is your Nando's order? It has to be butterfly chicken, the hottest one they do. Okay, that's amazing. What was it when you were 100 kg plus? When you uh, were about five of them. <laughs> really, really, I bet. So okay, so you were 33 stone, right? Yep. Which is 209, 210 10 kilos? kilos. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Okay, so how old are you right now? Uh, 49, 48. Sorry, 49 in February. 48. Okay, and how how old were you when you were 200 kilos? Uh, I was 39. Oh, so you're t- this is recent, yeah, yeah. And so, all your life leading up to that, all your life, were you pretty overweight? Or yeah, tell, me, always, tell me a bit like, about that, yeah, tell yeah, me, yeah. So, about that. so it's sort of like, um, I'd always been big, so at I think 12, I was six foot, so I've always been a big fella, yeah. Um, but uh, when I was younger, obviously, when you're in the teenage years, you burn, you know, fat, it doesn't matter what you eat, never put it on. Uh, I was quite active played rugby played did all the team sports so it didn't really affect me that much and then obviously I, I tore my ACL when I was sort of like 17 yeah so all of a sudden you know I stopped playing sport every day started and then my eating didn't have an outlet so I just started putting weight on yeah and then throughout my sort of 20s I put weight on get big then go, oh, yeah, I need to lose a bit of weight. So I'd drop some weight, but then I'd always put it back on again because you know, I had this underlying issue that it just much was always big. So I've always been quite big throughout my 20s and 30s. Yeah. But then towards the middle part, I just put more and more weight on. I just couldn't see up. I'd always been around sort of 20, 22 stone. But yeah. then from about 35, I just blew. Um, it, did it get to a point where you were like, until that point, were you like, fuck it, who cares? I'm just going to eat everything yeah, I can. What? Yeah, basically, yeah. And, and to be honest, it was always my, I used it as a sort of barrier. You know, it's, they always talk about the jolly, I was always called big lad, you know, because I was tall, yeah. but I was always big lad. 
and it was my way of protecting myself because you know I knew people laughed and I knew people yeah. you know used to sort of like you know you know call me all the names either to my face or behind my back and at one time in my career I used to be um, a train manager for it was GNR at the moment East Coast Trains okay um, and you know, it's a big bloke. Then you're walking up the train and, and everyone's jollying that until you go, you haven't got a ticket, mate. And then you get called all the names under the sun, you know, um, all around your weight. Um, uh. So I sort of use that. But so I just use my size as a, you know, I'll use it as a barrier. And, and the fatter I got, the more insular I got. And I, I sort of laughed and joked and I was always the jolly bloke. But, you know, I knew deep down that, that, that I wasn't happy. And at the period of time I was in, you know, I, I was in a really, you know, I've been married, I married young, had kids young, yeah. and I was in a really toxic relationship. And yeah. that didn't help because my solace was food. Oh. I, I, to be honest, I see that now when I look at the, the, my, you know, my children when they were younger and everything else is that it was around food. And, you know, my wife, my my first wife at the time, she, she was a feeder as well. Okay. Didn't help because I'd lose weight really quite successfully and look good. And then she's like, no, I'm not having that. So, you know, we get fed. Yeah. And do then, you, yeah. yeah. Do you find that people around you when you were trying to make an effort were battling you so you don't kind of, so you're maintaining that shape to oh, yeah, make, absolutely. make themselves feel better? Yeah, absolutely. Didn't want you to lose weight. Didn't want, you know, in my very small bubble I had of my, you know, she, my wife at the time didn't definitely didn't want me to lose weight. Didn't want to, yeah, because it, then it reflects on her and reflects on, on that I could look elsewhere or I could finally realise I'm not happy. Yeah. And I wasn't happy. I was deep, you know, deeply unhappy. But, um, and it wasn't until I got to that point of going, you know, um, I think I shared the photo of you, didn't I, of the, on the Emirates first, first class. Luckily, I could afford to fly it because I wouldn't get, I wouldn't have been able to get in the standard seat. Okay. Um, I was going to say, so I'm looking at, I'm actually looking at that picture now. I screenshotted it for my phone. There's yeah. one of you in a lounge with a Corona and yeah. a glass of wine and yeah. a glass of wine. And then the other one is you're, I'm assuming you're on the A380 upstairs, yes. yeah. right? Get, yeah. Getting a drink at the bar. Okay. Yeah. And I'm thinking, number one, did he, was he forced to get that ticket or could he afford it and he chose to? Because if you you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to sit in a normal nope. seat, right? No, no. Um, I remember when I went to South Africa once, and I wasn't even as that big then. I was on my journey of getting bigger, and I flew Emirates to Joburg, which was fine. But then I had to fly down to Cape Town. And I had to fly in an ordinary plane in an economy seat, and I it was horrific. And eventually, the crew actually took pity on me um, and moved me into business class. Oh really? Now, well, it was really embarrassing. I think you know, you had, you know everyone. T- and, you, know, you talk about spread on a normal flight. Even slim people spread, but I was like just wasting yeah. the seats. Uh, it was horrific. And at that point, I think even that wasn't a trick enough for me doing that. That didn't make me go. I just thought, well, do you know what? I can afford it. I'll fly. I'll book business class next time. Were you? Uh, if um, are you comfortable with talking about all of this? Because yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mate. Yeah, right, yeah, cool, yeah. This right, is my cool. journey now. This is okay. this is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. So. When you were, when you were, say, walking onto the plane, right? Walking yeah. onto the flight. Do you feel like, because I, I feel like this happens to me. I feel like it happens to everyone. When you get on a flight, right? That that little corridor, you feel like everyone's watching you. It's a bit like a catwalk, right? Yeah. When you were doing that at that point, uh, were you feeling anxious at all about anything? Or were you like, you know what? I've just accepted the fact that I'm this size. Or were you? did you have embarrassment? How were you oh. feeling at that point? 
Duran, the, the worst, this is how bad it was for me, right? I actually went and bought my own seat extender, so I didn't have to have the embarrassment of asking the crew. Okay. okay. Right? And whenever I flew um, into you know, like an EasyJet or Ryanair flight, yeah, um, you could guarantee you'd get on the plane and everyone's looking up going, oh, fuck, I hope he's not going to sit next to me. Oh, fuck, that must be horrible. You know, and you're just like hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping is there a row there, is there a row there? And you're almost... Is the, please don't be busy flight please don't be busy you know and, and there were some times you know to be honest if the flight was quite cheap i would buy two seats okay just so i knew the seat next to me would be empty yeah. and that, was, that wasn't for my own that was because i was didn't want to be an embarrassment to other people yeah you didn't want to make other people feel uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's why I did. And it's it's totally it's, you know it's back now and, and like you asked if i was comfortable talking about it. i am comfortable talking about it because i think it's important that people out there who are in this situation realize that you can make a change. And if you don't talk about it, what happens is you get to that size I was and yeah. you get to that state of wanting to, you know, you can't see a way forward and you want to end it all. And, and, and you don't think you can, can do this. And I, I think it's really important that by having this opportunity to speak to you today and obviously people, you listen, you listen to yeah. your podcast, we can get a message out there and we can actually start helping people. Yeah, of course. That's why I love your knee up 24 seven, because to be honest, like we said, you know, when I was 33 stone, right, the only thing I could do was walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. And so, because it's mad, because a lot of people, I think there's also the pressure of people thinking that if you're really overweight and if you need to make a change, you need to be in the gym when realistically, it's all the other habits that you need to fix, right? And to be fair, you probably lost a bit of weight doing knee up 24 seven and all the yeah. other habits that you grow and then maybe got comfortable enough to go into the gym. Right yeah. now, leading up to that point where you got to the biggest size that you were, right. Yeah. Well, I still can't believe losing a hundred kilos is fucking crazy, mate. Yeah. Like that's like, it's amazing. So well done on that. Number one. Yeah. And secondly, reaching up to that point, you said you were in a corporate job, yeah. right? Did you like your job? Uh, at the point I was getting heavier and heavier. No, I didn't. I was, um, I but you wasn't that, happy with your job. You wasn't no, happy with your job at, at that point when I was at that size, uh, 11 year, yeah, 2011, between 2009 and 2011, I was running my own company. Um, yeah. and I did have, I had a management consultancy and after the Lehman's crash, basically all of my business dried up. So I had to be a bit creative. So I went out to work in China, um, and worked on import export for a company in China. Yeah. Um, and hence why I could have flown fly business class and first class Emirates because I was a platinum member because I was literally flying every two weeks, every two okay. weeks. Okay. So, but was I happy? No, absolutely. I was really unhappy. Yeah. Um, and you were, you were earning, you were earning good cash, right? Like you oh, were yeah. earning, yeah. 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 And it's Brilliant funny. Cash. And it's funny because like a lot of people think, uh, make the cash, eat this, eat, do, eat, do that. But when really like, as cringe as this might sound, but it's quite relevant is like wealth is being healthy. Yeah. Right? yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That, that, you know, that point I got to being really healthy, you know, being really unhealthy, unhealthy lifestyle. And I used to kid myself because guess what? Yeah. When, and China was the worst place for me because you know, you're big and they're all like, and everyone was really nice and really polite and really friendly. And they're like, oh, you're big and you're strong. It's like, no, I'm just, fat yeah. so i'm not strong yes i'm about five times i'm five of you but i am not you know and they're all very really, always very gracious and everything else yeah. but you know 
it just wasn't happy. You know, but, I just. But you know what? Like, I think culture in like Western society, everything is based around alcohol and food. Yeah. Whereas, like, you go to places like China. Well, yeah. you go to places that are countries that are poorer you see people yeah. that are more grateful for smaller things right yeah. so a lot of people would have just been grateful to have a conversation with you you might have been yeah. the first white guy they've spoken yeah. to you yeah. know and i feel like in our society and everything that we do is all the rewards that we talk about is food and alcohol mm. and no one ever calculates the other reward we work from monday to friday for the weekend we yeah. we don't think about like I work every day and I love it. I love what I do. So yeah. I don't even see it as work. And I feel like if people kind of try to search for that, I honestly think their health as yeah. well as their financial situation and their relationships with people around them will be like so much better. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. so you made that switch at what age? So that was so 39. So basically what happened was after that trip to Dubai, I started to struggle and it was interesting on that trip. I was with uh, my business partner at the time, and for some reason the hotel messed up, so we had to share rooms. Even though we, you know, you imagine Dubai, you know, the hotels are quite big anyway. But it was still yeah. we still shared a room. Yeah, yeah. And he went, "Okay, oh Tibsy, you make a racket at night." I went, "What snoring?" He went, "No, mate, no. I thought you were dying because oh, I was like, shit. it was like I used to make a uh, like a zombie noise because of oh. the weight, the pressure on my chest. I never snored, but I made this weight. I was like." Really? He went, yeah. And he recorded me. And he went, listen, mate, that was a noise. I went, shit, okay. So I sort of went back and I went, okay, um, I need to go and see a doctor. So I went to go and see a doctor. Um, and he sort of said to me, he just um, sat and he, he said, can you make an appointment? Okay, go and do it. He says, jump on the scales. <laughs> and I went, okay. Um, and basically I bust them. No. Yeah. And he went, really? Yeah. And he went, okay, uh, right. So uh, I think we need to send you to the hospital to get yourself weighed. Um, or, uh he says there's a wool merchant around the bottom. You can go on the weigh bridge there and get yourself weighed because I think that should be just about every enough for four years. Oh, my God. So um, he said, uh, and if you go into hospital to get the get weighed, um, you might have all, all your tests there. So I said, okay, no problem. So. I uh, went to the hospital, got weighed, and I deliberately didn't look to see what I weighed because I yeah. was just you know, scared. I knew I was going to be more than 25 stone because that's what the thing went up to. Okay, um, okay, yeah. And I thought, right, okay, that's no good for me. So I then thought, okay, so I had all the tests, I had blood tests and other things. Um, and, and it was interesting because when he was looking at me, you know, he was like going, how old are you, 39, 40? He says, you know, I, says, don't think, I don't think you're going to, you know, I'll be very surprised if you see 50. I was like, oh, okay. Fuck. Um, I went, fine. And he said, uh, but come back in a week. Um, we'll have the results. So I made an appointment, came back in a week. And um, it was interesting because when I went in the second time, there was a chair there. Remember Jeremy Kyle show? They used to have the big chairs. For the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, there was one of those in the room. Oh, okay. It wasn't there before. So he prepared for it. Okay, he yeah. Said, Take a seat. I went, okay. And he said, uh, you know, um, I said, uh, and it was interesting because I knew quite well. He said, um, Tibsy, right, okay. He says, um, you know, I said, uh, you, I don't think you'll make 50. I went, yeah. He says, I don't think you'll see 40, to be fair. And I went, Shit. what? He was, no, I don't think you'll see 40. And he says, he says um, your cholesterol is ridiculous. Your blood pressure is ridiculous. In fact, how you haven't had a stroke yet, don't know. Um, <laughs> cholesterol is ridiculous. 
you're borderline diabetic and God knows how you're not diabetic. It's just, you're a bit of a medical phenomenon why you haven't got these complaints, but you, they are almost there. And then he says, and the weight and pressure on your chest, he says, you're going to die in your sleep. Oh, fuck. So that I'm must, like, did that scare you? That must have scared oh, you. Oh, it, it mortified me. Okay. It mortified me. Uh, sent me a little bit of a spa, but I'm like, okay, that's fine. So at that point then, I thought, right, I need to do something. And, I've, and I thought, in my head, oh, I've lost weight before, it's fine. But I'd never seen myself that bad. I mm. never had those fears. So I went, okay, that's fine. Make a plan. So I sort of kicked a plan into action of sort of just traditional. Um, I used to have a go-to for dropping weight. You know, it was going to real strict, didn't know at the time, calorie deficit. Yeah. But basically, I'd just go, right, I'll eat tuna fish and mashed potatoes. I'll eat cornflakes for breakfast, tuna fish and mashed potatoes, and I'll have fruit. And that's all I'd eat. Right. And that was great. And it's good at dropping weight. And then I realized that's not going to work. So I thought, right, I went to see a nutritionist with the doctors. It was helpful. Um, they said, oh, well, you need to get more exercise and we'll go and take you to a gym. I'm like, I'm not going to a gym at this size. Oh, see, that's um, so stupid. So, to me, that sounds yeah. like ridiculous from a, a professional like that. It's yeah. like, how can you tell someone with that sort of emotion, right? Tell him to go to the gym. The doctor just said he can potentially, mate, you can die in your sleep. Yeah. You obviously feel like shit and you're yeah. embarrassed about it. I know what will help. Go to the fucking gym where all the bodybuilders are and everyone that's fit. That will make you feel better. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it right? is. And it just shows, like, some people that are in those sort of professions, they have no emotional intelligence to actually assess how you're feeling, which yeah. drives me fucking crazy. I'm like... How yeah, could you but, even say that to them? You know, yeah, carry and on. I, and I think you're right, mate. And that, that's the problem. That's what drove me. And it was really, um, so I thought, okay, I need to change it. So um, I thought, um, I then also managed to secure a, a contract doing something I love. So I went back from being unhappy doing this traveling China backwards and forwards. I had a break from that. So I thought, okay, got a job in London working on a, a rail bid as a consultant, which was great. I started to lose a bit of weight. Um, and then a couple of months into that, I then realized that actually I've got issues and that my surroundings, because I'd got away and I was in London, I realized that my surroundings were making me really unhappy. And I was in this, I say toxic relationship at the time, which was yeah. really bad. And I had that freedom. So I thought, right, okay, I need to do something. I started to lose weight really well. You know, I think I'd lost, you know, I was being that size. If you start moving more and eating Mate, less, it drops off. Yeah. You know, like it's really nice. easily. Yeah. So, and I went to London. I thought, okay, um, I'd lost some weight. I felt more comfortable. I thought, okay, I can go back to the gym. Yeah. Found um, a personal trainer, which was great. But then I also realized, right, I'm going to live in London now. Okay. I'm going to completely change my surroundings. So I moved to London, left my wife, left kids, and thought, got into this routine. I had a personal trainer, and I was starting to feel really good about myself. What I hadn't done is addressed my eating. Yeah. Um, I was focused on that word diet so it was i'm a diet i'm gonna you know um i'm not gonna drink i'm not gonna do this and basically i just restricted all the things out of my life and it you know became very very boring yeah um it did the job yeah but um didn't fix things so um around sort of february time march time i sort of met uh my current wife carmen who yeah. we were um childhood she we were, she was my first love in high school Okay. And then she dumped me, <laughs> broke my yeah. heart. So yeah. we got back together. Uh, that all changed my life. So I found some more happiness. 
Yeah. It was really made a big difference. So mentally, I was in a good place. I had a supportive partner at the time. But then I lost probably my first thing. I'm not, I would have lost, yeah, I went down to about 18 stone. So I lost 15 stone. Shit. That's... In my first time, my first attempt. That's very good. And, it, yeah. and it, when you did that, did you have any knowledge on energy balance or was it just no? It no, was no, just no. really, yeah. And like I said, if if you and James had been around 10 years ago, nine years ago, I probably wouldn't have gone to where I went to. But see, this is the crazy thing. I was I was going to say that when you, when you were in your 20s, yeah. fitness and uh, the information that they, it, the, there was not enough information out there. Now, thank to social media, all of that stuff, we have access to everything, right? So, of course, that would have made a huge difference as well. So, you lost the 15 stone. Yeah. And then did you come to a little store or? Came to the store, got comfortable, Darren, and I slipped back. I didn't slip back into the old ways because I didn't have, I was with Carmen now and she's different and she wasn't here, but I hadn't resolved my mental issues around food. So, I would sort of like still be the one. You know, if there's a, some biscuits there, I'd eat the biscuits. If there was something on the plate, I'd eat the leftovers on the plate. I'd always, you know, if there was something left on, we had a sharing platter, I'd always finish the platter. So I was still eating too much. I sort of went, oh, I've been to the gym now. I don't need to keep going to the gym. And I sort of stopped. I thought, oh, I can go on my own. I'll have the I'll have the motivation to go on my own. And I sort of stopped doing that. And yeah. then work got a little bit busier and I got a bit stressed and yeah. and Gradually, the weight sort of creeped back up. I think probably um, I got remarried in sort of 2013. And the weight creeped back up to sort of like 24 stone. But because I've been so big, it didn't feel that bad. Yeah, you you kept comparing it to that situation until instead of kind of comparing it to where you should be. Yeah. You know, to actually be in a healthy position and as i'd lost weight i sort of i made the mistake of keeping um i was sort of replacing clothes on a sort of couple of months basis and i kept some of the older clothes so when this pair of jeans stopped fitting me i'll I'll put those back on so that didn't really i didn't really notice that um and i was putting weight on and then we got married and then carmen went well before i got married she went Went to go to suit fitting, went, oh, this is a bit tight. Oh, this isn't so basically I went, got personal trainer back again. Yeah. Um, two months, blitzed it, dropped weight down, went back to 18 stone really quickly. And it was really easy to do because discipline. Yeah. Um, well, I had the motivation, not a discipline. That was it. Um, and then again, for about a year, two years, I balanced and I just gradually put weight on again. Got contented. Yeah. Got stressed, over it. And it was like a yo-yo. So... You know, I, I always look at, if I put a trajectory in my weight loss over the first six years of my journey, it would it was still a downward trend. Yeah. But it was spikes in that. But so you know what? I, I think I think that's normal. I think I think we all have that, not only physically, but mentally as well. Yeah. We have moments where we're focused, we're driven, we have we we're we have these cycles where we're consistent, consistent, consistent. And then you might have a week where you kind of feel shit, you know? Yeah. And I think that's normal. But the overall and the important thing is that uh, you haven't yet reached your destination, you might have been going there a little bit slower than what you could have, yeah. but at the end of the day, you work towards it. Was a lot of your eating, I'm sure it was, based around eating because maybe you're feeling emotional or whatnot. Yeah, and absolutely. when and how did you, 
uh, how did you take control of that? What did, did you focus on something else? What did you do? So, so yeah, I, I've always been, I can always track it back to being an emotional eater and back to trauma in my life that started it. And I've probably been an emotional, emotional eater since I was about 10 years old. Um, okay. So, and I can trace it back to there through the work I've done. Um, but I think for me, you know, what, what the biggest change I had was after sort of in 2017, I had, um, what, it was a breakdown. Simple, simple work was ridiculous. Uh, and what happens, I went to Starbucks. Um, I used to have this habit of just going to a random town to work and go to a Starbucks just to change my state and change location because it was quite interesting. Okay. I went to a place called Shrewsbury and went to a Starbucks. And I sat there, um, ordered a caramel macchiato and two cinnamon swirls. Why? But I did. Yeah. Three hours later, I'm sat there. Cinnamon swirls have been eaten. Coffee's empty. But I can't remember what happened those three hours. Really? Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Black t- I couldn't tell you what happened those three hours. Really? So I knew I had a problem. Okay. All so right. I knew there was an issue. So again, you know, we spoke to work at the time and my um, boss was really understanding and uh, HR, they're really good. And I realized I was on the edge of a breakdown. Um, and then I also realized that um, I went to an award ceremony and there was a picture of kids after one award, photo taken. And I saw the photograph and okay, it's not as bad as the one on the airplane, but that guy is looking back at me. Okay. Yeah. And I realized at that point, I went home, went to Carmen, I broke down in tears. And I went, that person I thought had gone is back. Okay. Yeah. Does it haunt you sometimes? Get, do you yeah. ever get worried? Do you, do you ever get worried like now that, that guy, that, that person might come back or yeah. you feel every, like every day, is a struggle every day is a battle because what was interesting is at that point when that happened i was speaking to a good friend of mine ruth and um she was like talking about it and she says you know i think you have got a problem you know uh and she'd been she had you know issues in the past on um different addictions and stuff and she says you seem to have this personality that that, that you know you, you almost self you almost want to destroy things All right and she says why don't you try overeaters anonymous i was like going never heard of it Never heard of Overeaters Anonymous, hadn't heard of it. So I Googled it, looked it up, uh, and I can credit them with saving my life. Okay, cool. Because at that point, I realized I had an eating disorder. In fact, I I was an overeater. And it's not, you know, yeah, everyone can eat a little bit, but I had a problem. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I tried to, I tried to sort the traditional therapy route, you know, uh, escape from the priory because I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, and it's like you were saying about doctors, you know, no disrespect to any therapist, psychologist, anything else, but sometimes when you're in a room yeah. and they are talking pure theory, pure practical, not they've never walked in your shoes. They've never been in that situation. Yeah. It's all theoretical. Yeah. Um, they can't and, relate to They can't relate to what you're saying. So no. that's, that's why it's like, it's sometimes weird just it's sometimes nice to chat into a stranger like a normal person that doesn't have that knowledge you know what i mean because yeah. because everything i feel like and uh people that go see therapy and all that whatever do what's best for you i've never done it yet not yet i'll probably i probably fucking need to but yeah. but like I, I i find it difficult to understand 
how someone is thinking so deep into every word that I'm saying that they're going to be overcritical about everything. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I could say one sentence and out of that one sentence, they there's multiple outcomes that they're thinking of. And I'm thinking they just shoot something and then go like, so do you think, and I'm thinking, I don't fucking know. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. probably like this could, this conversation could go anywhere right now. Yeah. So like, do I have a problem? Do I not? Talking to someone, I think definitely helps. Yeah. But I just think people, it's like for your doctor, for example, yeah. he gave you a level of tough love, right? Yeah. Did He gave you that after he got to know you? Uh, yeah, he sort yeah. of knew me, knew me already, yeah. So he could have said that. I'm sure if I'd been a normal patient, they would, his response would have been slightly different. Exactly. And if you went to someone else that didn't know you, yeah. if they turned around and said that, you probably wouldn't have respected their opinion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you probably needed that tough love, you know? And do you think that tough love was, number one, necessary for you? And do you think that fear that you have, that old guy, that old guy coming back sometimes, do you think that holds you accountable or does it stress you out? Uh, no, definitely holds me accountable. Okay. Yeah, and, and and what I have to do because I've gone through the whole anonymous program, um, and it's very similar to gamblers, narcotics, and alcohol. Is that you yeah. know you, you follow the twelve steps? Yeah, you know, I am an overeater, right? Yeah. Um, my biggest fear is relapse. Now, you know, I'm lucky in the fact that I'm making myself accountable. So one of the things that's been interesting to be part of Paul's group, right, yeah. is accountability, because in a group of people you know you, you are held accountable yeah you can put weight on and, and i can you know and i have and 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 i know that in 2019 i put 20 kilos on because i was really in an unhealthy place i forgot about everything i'd learned forgot about all my training what i didn't do is regress to emotional eating i just didn't exercise and i didn't yeah. watch my calorie intake yeah you knew what was happening that's yeah. the difference that's yeah. the biggest difference yeah. with people that have no idea because that's probably why you ended up like that in the beginning. You probably didn't realize how simple it is yeah. when you actually look into it, you know? Yeah, it's, it is ridiculously simple. And I think, you know, what, what I, one of the benefits I had you know, working through the program was, was understanding the things about trigger foods or something, emotional eating. You know, I'm, you know, I'm an emotional eater, you know, um, not anymore, thankfully. Yeah. But it's never far away. Yeah. And there are things I know in terms of trigger foods that, okay. that you know, I, I will desperately avoid. Because I have no control over them when I eat them. Yeah, I hear you. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you were at your biggest, yeah. how many calories do you think you were having a day? Uh, oh, I would have been smashing 5,000. Easy. Could, Easy. You, could you give me an example? Uh, tell me what you would have had on a normal day at work. Like you going uh, to work, dinner, just yeah. what would you be having in a day? So, so what I would have done, breakfast, if I've been traveling or been away, breakfast would have been a full English breakfast, uh, easily. Um, yeah. Mid-morning, I would have had a full-fat cow macchiato and a cinnamon swirl, so there's another 1,000 calories. Uh, lunchtime would have been, you know, a sandwich or a pie or a cake or, you know, something, you know, a, a Tesco's deal. Yeah. And then evening, you know, uh, depends on where I'm staying, but quite often I used to get boneless, KFC boneless boxes all to okay. myself. Yeah. Smash one of them. Yeah, like yeah, it's not big pizza. Yeah, anything like that, just yeah. easy, no yeah, problem. Easy, no, no idea of nutrition, no idea what I, what I eat. You know, and, and I think you know my worst. You know, I said to people, I've been how much is eating. You know, um, and I was saying to Jack, my PT, this morning we were talking about uh, burgers, and I said, uh, yeah, my record for double cheeseburgers at McDonald's is nineteen. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> no way! 
Oi, I, I, let's be honest though. McDonald's double cheeseburgers are good. They are good, mate. They're they good. good. They're so I, dangerous. And he says, "Why didn't you get to 20? And I said, "Because they didn't serve. Wouldn't serve us another one." No. <laughs> so wait, did you get this when you were at McDonald's, or was it like an Uber Eats thing? No, it was at McDonald's. We sat there, and basically the manager came over and says, "Would you guys mind leaving now?" No. I went, "Why?" He says, why are you putting everyone off? I went, why? He says, because you sat there, all of you eating a mini McDonald's. And I'm like, oh, all right then. I said, can I, get another, can I get another one for 20? He went, no, you've got to leave. So oh. I got ejected out of Mackey D's as well. <laughs> hey, okay, Chris, if you're, getting, if you're getting rejected out of McDonald's, you know you need to do something about that, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting because you say that one of my techniques that I did to deal with my cravings and my addiction was... I got myself barred from uh, the kebab shop, the pizza place, the local shop wouldn't serve me sweets, chocolate. I, I literally went in there and said, please don't serve me. Good job. Uh, and they're really good about it. You know, really good. But what was great about the kebab place I went to is that after a period of time, they says, we can help you. So actually they created this special kebab for me. Oh, really? It was really low in fat. You know, it was grilled chicken. It yeah. was... Um, uh, a tortilla, a thin tortilla, tortilla wrap with salad and with, with salad breast, and and no and and they got this special dressing in and it was like really low calorie. Oh, nice! I was nice. like going great, and uh, well, it paid off because I was then like getting them every day off them. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like they said, oh, it's like oh, you would have like six hundred calories and the protein in it was great. Yeah, 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 that's what I do when I go to my dad's place. <laughs> that's <laughs> That's what I do. But do you, do you, when you made that transition and you helped and you yeah. saw people kind of showing you support, because that's showing you support, right? Yeah. Did that give you more like, did you empower you more to do yeah. like, be better? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, so say 2017, I had that sort of breakdown, got some help, went to Anonymous, kept it secret as well because I was scared of failing. And I think that is the problem because, um, you know, Carmen met me when I was quite big, but she obviously seen me slim down and I kept sort of letting her down by putting weight back on and putting off. I realized I had a problem. I sort of hid the breakdown from her, hid all this down from her. And I kept the secret of, of, of overgenomics from her because I didn't want her going, you know, yeah, well, I don't believe you. You keep making these promises. You keep, you know. Yeah. And I'd say, she, I don't never say you let me down because she loves me regardless. Yeah. But what was really interesting was, after a period of time, I met a new trainer who actually helped me with nutrition. Um, the other guys, my PTs have always been good, great trainers. But Luke, who I met, he was great because he. we looked at nutrition. We looked at the whole plan, looked at almost an athlete's mindset, set ourselves the goal of um, a year to do a triathlon. And bear in mind, I was like 26, 27 stone to yeah. do a triathlon in a year. It would have been yeah. Yeah, impossible. Yeah. Yeah, but we did that. We looked at the mindset, we did the training plan. That's twenty eighteen. Very good. That's very good from him. Like he's obviously he's yeah. peri he's periodized your training to get you yeah. ready for that, which is yeah. which also shows like you had a performance goal to keep you going. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which, which is why it's so important for people to have yeah. those goals as well. When you were in London, where were you living? What gym were you at? Uh, so I was at uh, lived in um, Borough. So I went to Soho Gym in Borough. Okay, okay. I don't okay. know what it is. I mean, they've sold or they've changed, or they've, but I used to go to Soho Gym in Borough. Okay, okay, amazing. Uh, and, now, and now you're living where? Sandbach. Okay, all in right. In Cheshire, cool. yeah. In Cheshire. Yeah. Okay, yeah. amazing. What um, what would you say to people? 
I know a lot of people that listen to this. I know there'll be a lot of people that are, were, are probably still in the position that you were in and probably can relate to you a lot with everything that you're saying. Yeah. What would you say to them to like, because I know a lot of people, we always, even I do this with certain things. You, you, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll get it done. I'll do it later. Boom. Yeah. Next minute, you know, it's too fucking late. Someone's already done it, you know, or what would you say to that person? Why should they start now? Why should they not? Cause you know, it's Christmas time. We're all going to eat and all of that shit, which is fine. But I mean, you don't have to, right? No, you don't have to. I think for me, and this is, this comes straight out of Paul. I, um, you need to think on what's your why. Why are yeah. you going to do it? Yeah. And I think once you start to understand your why, and if the pain of, you know, of, of doing it is less than the pain of staying set, you know, you need to get past that pain. Because part of the people are quite big, they go, oh, you know, as you say, oh, Christmas is coming. There's no point. I'm going to put weight on at Christmas. Well, yeah. actually, why do you need to put weight on at Christmas? Exactly. You know, you don't actually have to. If you started walking now, if you started watching your calorie intake now, yes, you know, you could. And if you know what your calorie intake needs to be, guess what you can do? For, for the week before Christmas, you could go 100 calories extra a day under your calorie. And then guess what? You've got a spare 700 calories. Yeah. You know? exactly. Or you go 200. And I thought, yeah. And if you only make it one day, why does Christmas have to be four days of blowout? Yeah. Can you make switches that mean instead of drinking you know, vodka and fat tonic, you have slimline tonic. Yeah. You know? yeah. Drink, if you're drinking wine, have a glass of water instead of every other glass of wine. You know, there's lots of tips yeah. that mean you don't have to blow out. There's, I think there's loads of tips and there's loads of ways and people know what they have to do, but it's number one, the level of accountability that yeah. they need. And number two, people are lazy. Yeah. And people are. get people get offended. Oh, you're lazy. Oh, you don't know nothing about me. I'm like, I don't need to know nothing about you. Yeah. You're fucking lazy. Like oh. you could, you're lazy. You're, you can go downstairs and get yourself a drink or you can go downstairs and cook, but you yeah. choose not to. It's, yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah. If, if, if we all prioritize, um, I prioritize this podcast, so I made time for it, right? Yeah. I'm busy, but I made time for it because yeah. I wanted to hear this. Yeah. I, I didn't have to make time for it if no. I didn't want to, right? And, but I wanted to. That's because I didn't have a lazy approach to it. Yeah. But people need to get their mindset out of that. Yeah to actually see some change because I think what a lot of people are worried about is like that level of struggle. And I think you need to go through that struggle to actually, you know, like accomplish something like you lost a yeah. hundred fucking kilos, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's a, I, think, I think you're right. Dan. I think, I think a lot of people need to be called out. Yeah. I think there's a bit more, there's all this, you know, if somebody had called me out, I don't mean calling me a name, but yeah. just said like the doctor did, he called me out. He yeah. says, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to die. What are you going to do to stop yourself from dying? Yeah. 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 And I think people get too, so I say it's too easy to, oh, I'll phone Uber Eats or I'll do this or there's no real effort. You know, it's, as you say, it's about making priorities. And nobody has to, you know, if you are, you know, severely overweight, if you've got five stone, 10 stone to lose, then thinking about, oh, I've got 10 stone to lose is ridiculous. Just think about, okay. At the end of this week, right? If I put the effort in, actually, I'm going to get results really quickly. Yeah, 100%. you know, and you know, right? You don't have to use scales, right? If to begin with, just take photos. If you're scared of stepping on the scales, take a photo. Yeah, take a photo. Ask people, yeah. or maybe even step on a scale and get someone else to look at it. You yeah. know, you and don't have they... to scare yourself. You know, That's you really right. don't. 
And I think, you know, but accountability as well, people have got to make, hold themselves accountable. And they've got to realise they've got to do the work. Yeah. Because if they don't, nobody's going to do it for them. Yeah, we could listen to your podcast. We could watch videos. We can download apps. We can do all that. But, you know, um, you can't, you've got to do the work. And this is why I get a bit frustrated with people who, you know, think like surgery's the answer. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. Because you haven't changed your mindset. Your habits, you haven't changed your habits. You haven't, you haven't changed, changed your habits, you haven't changed your mindset. You know, yeah, all you're doing is making your body restrict yourself so you're going to make yourself ill if you eat too much. So yeah. oh, I'm going to train my brain, but actually I'm not because if I haven't resolved the issue, yeah. you know, it's it's not going to fix that thing. And I think for me, that's, that's why I think it's important. I think, you know, what I've been really lucky, you know, um, I've got people to hold me accountable. I've also changed my circle of people that I'm with because if they're not serving me... That makes a huge difference, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and people are saying like I play rugby right and you know rugby culture you know a lot of drinking a lot of you know but my teammates were my biggest supporters and they're not pressuring me to have a drink yeah you know? they understand you know they they quite like the fact that you know I don't drink and I'm you know I'm gonna laugh with them and I can still wear the band to you and I can tell you one thing right some of the drinking games we have I wish I did drink beer rather than coke because I tell you after you next three pints of diet coke oh. because you're uh, you got caught. <laughs> Drinking the wrong hand, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's as bad as drinking. Yeah, you know, it's even worse because you feel even sick. <laughs> so, but you know so, what? Um, That's so, so good. So, yeah. So I think I'm lucky. You know, and getting that resource. So I, you know, I use coaches. You know, um, I've got Paul as a coach. I've got an accountability coach. I've got a trainer. I'm doing an, an Ironman triathlon in 2022. So I've got a coach for that. Yeah. Because. No, Everyone needs coaches. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, yeah. any, any, anyone that doesn't like, doesn't matter if you're a coach already, like you need yeah. someone to kind of hold you accountable. And the, and the great thing with your story is like, sometimes I think people got to stop and think it's not, you're doing it for yourself, but it's not all about you. Like you've got kids, right? Yeah. So yeah. all grown up now, thankfully, but yeah. Yeah. But like when they were younger or people that are listening to this, that do have kids, yeah. like, do, do you want to see your grandchildren? Do you want to have yeah. Do you want to go? Do you want to be able to play in the playground with your kids? Yeah. You know, absolutely. All of that. And I can you know? tell you now, Darren. From my, from my, I let my children down. Oh, okay. I know I let my children down because I didn't do the things that I should have done. Yeah. Right? Okay. And I'm saying to anybody now who's got kids, as you said, right? You're letting them down. You're also setting a bad example. Yeah. And I'm I've so set a bad example because if you look, my children now, you know, are all, oh, you know. They're overweight. Because guess okay. what? I set a bad example to them. Yeah. I understand that. Um, you know, and I think you know, you've got to remember, you know, you know, Uncle Morty says it all the time, you know, you, your kids are always watching, people are always watching what you're doing, right? And you've got to be an example to them. Yeah. 100%. We're all, we're all influencers. We're yeah. all influencers, you know? Yeah. You've got so many people. Around. And I'm so glad you said that because... I think sometimes I hold back about talking about kids and although I know I'm smart enough to realize what influences what, I yeah. think it's so much better coming from a dad that's experienced yeah. that to yeah. you telling people that because I think it needs to be it needs to be heard and it needs to be applied in a proper manner, not only for yourself, but the people around you. We all have the power to influence and I think we should all just use that yeah, in, the, in, in the right way. I mean, if we're all healthier... I mean, think of the pandemic, for example. Yeah. I, I know, I know, like, there, obviously, I know there's no guarantee if you're healthy, you won't get COVID or whatever it is. But with everything that we do, like, imagine, like, you being overweight when you were really overweight, yeah. the, your risk injury, 
the, uh, the risk of all heart disease, yeah. all of that. As mm -hmm. soon as you dropped weight and became in a, a more healthier version of yourself, yeah. it's like everything else around you works better, doesn't it? Like yeah. your relationships, your work, your, I bet you're a hundred times more inspired. You're saying now you want, you're becoming a coach, right? Yeah. Like how good is that? You losing weight yeah. has made you transform into potentially doing something that you actually love, yes. right? And that's the big thing, Darren. I think, you know, part my biggest challenge, you know, my my transformation, you know, yes, you can say my body trans is transformed. My biggest transformation is actually from the neck up, you know, in my head and my mindset. Yeah. Because if I hadn't have dealt with the mindset and the all of that, I would just keep yo-yoing because I can't have trained a bad diet, you know. Yeah. Um, but now I can actually enjoy food. I don't restrict food. I don't, you know, I still have things I want to enjoy. You know, it's all about understanding the, the quantity you have, you know, calories in, calories out, you know, moving more. You know, I know now that if I did want to eat a pizza, you know, I'll make sure it's on a day I'm really active because I'm yeah. not going to restrict myself. But, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, just the mindset thing, you know, I, I've been fortunate this year, you know, um, I've left my corporate job, which is great because, but it wasn't until... I was going to go into just executive coaching and consulting again, but no, I, I did a, I did a presentation to a, a group of guys and I realized I had a passion and I realized, I looked at my values and I realized that actually what I value is I want to change people's lives. I've been there. I understand it. And I've got the tools and techniques. I've been very fortunate to work with some world-class coaches Yeah, and, and I can share that and I can help them and I can be at that point of going, you know, I've walked in those people's shoes, right? Yeah. So I can stand in the room and I can look at you and says, I know how you feel. I've been there. Yeah. And I can also show you that you can do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to share that with your experiences. Yeah. Right? With the experience that you've gone through and show people, yeah. inspire people to do that. Yeah. That's, um, that's great. And I think that's like a great point to finish on actually. Yeah. And thank you for coming on. No, thank um, you. It's, it's been, it's been great having you and well fucking done. Thank you, buddy. 100, 100 kilos. That is amazing. Is there anything you'd like to say to everyone? Tell people where they can find your Instagram and everything. Tell them that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you can find me at, uh, at tibsyboy underscore 100 kilogram coach. Um, you can find me out there. And if you want to know more about our programs, uh, www.transform365.co.uk. Um, and we've got an Instagram page as well, uh, at ttransform365. But yeah, check us out. Um, and I have a webinar uh, coming on the uh, 16th of December. If anyone wants to hear more about my story and my tips and tricks. There you go. They can find out if they go to 100kilogramcoach.com, they can find the page to uh, register for the webinar. Amazing. Okay, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you share this fucking podcast. Yeah, I can see you guys. Go click that subscribe button. Peace and love. And I'll chat to you guys very soon.